February 15th, 2022. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin on Daf Nun Bet, and we're up to the first of the two Mishnayot on the Amud. It's uh, two lines before the lines get wide. It says the Mishnah Mitzvat Haneheragin. We've addressed Sekila. We've addressed at the beginning of this Perek uh, Serefa, and now we're up to Hereg, Neheragin, Saif, of course, it's also known as the third in the order of the Hachamim of the Abat Mitot Betin. How would it be done? Hayumitizin et Rosho Basaif, Kederech Shahamalchut Osa. And so what would be done, says the Mishnah, is matizin, severed, you'd, you'd cut off the person's head, besaif, with a sword. Kederech, uh, in the same fashion, shehamalchut osa. It's not that they were copying, per se, the Gemara will be clear, the ways of the non-Jewish monarchy of that time period. Uh, but what they were doing was, it just resembled that. The Gemara will say, we do it because we understand that's what the Torah tells us to do. When it comes down to it, when we end up doing it, says the first opinion here in the Mishnah, it looks very similar to the way the monarchy, the king of that time period, is putting people to death as well. So just as a marker, not as a reason, but rather as a siman ladavar, to understand how it was done, you should understand it was kederech shehamalchut osa. What will become clear, but should be mentioned already now, is this was done from the neck in the front. This was a knife which would go in the front of the neck, and there would be, apparently, one, almost like a shehita, one slice in which the person would, be, would lose his life almost immediately, or immediately. Rabbi Yudah nivul hulo. Says Rabbi Yudah, that is a disgrace to the person. It's minuval. It's a terrible thing to do to him in such a fashion. Why is it disgusting to do like that? Explains Rashi, it appears at very least at this point that the reason is because the person's head would fall off to one side and since he was standing, his body would go the other way. It just looks terrible having the man stand up in front and his head being severed, his body falling one way and his head another way just has a terrible uh, optics. It just, I guess, Mita always has terrible optics, but it looks... Minuval looks like just really terrible and disgusting. Ela, rather, says uh, Rabbi Huda, here's what would be done. And again, Nathan, to your point in earlier Mishnayot, Mahloket and Mesiyut, that's what we're going to have throughout these Mishnayot. They had discussions and debates and disagreements about what took place. Nothing more and nothing less. Manichin et rosho al hasedin vekoses bekopitz. And says Rabbi Uda, what would be done is there was a chopping block of sorts, and the person would not be standing up, but his head would be down on that, and then with a kopitz, which I think is probably translates, what, a cleaver, or some sort of butcher's knife, uh, you'd take, and as a result, you'd go from the back, it appears, the back of his neck, you'd cut into it in such a fashion. That's Rabbi Uda's opinion. Again, really what he changed is twofold. Number one, you're not standing up. Number two, while being down on that chopping board, similar to an animal uh, from the back of the neck, or not an animal that uh, you're, you're doing shahitan, an animal which you're chopping up, from the back you'd use that cleaver in order to sever his head. Um, is it, is it, is it, or, or I, I, I mean, not first and had to kill him without Yeah, it's a great question. I, I, I'm not certain. You, you want to know, is it, is it shilihibetin or is it the edim? Yeah, I imagine it's Shilihibetin. I imagine we have appointed people similar to Malkut, similar to many of the other matters. The only thing we really know the witnesses were doing is they would throw the rocks directly on, right, in Sekila. And by Serefa, they were the ones who opened the mouth. It didn't say in the Mishnah nor in the Gemara that they put the, the Petila into the mouth. It's a wonderful question. It shouldn't be hard to check. Well, we could. They're arguing, rather than discussing the manner of, of death, right? Yes. 
That means they haven't done it in hundreds of years. Correct. That's right. We know that. The Mishnah is already several hundred years after destruction of the Mikdash. If it's several hundred years, it's formalized and put together, so that's really what you're dealing with. Not, you know, and and it's clear from the Gemara in several places that even in the last many years of the Mikdash, we already weren't putting to death. I will tell you at the same time, remember the Gemara about Yeshu, remember the last Mishnah, it's not as if it never happened. Remember the Midrash that the Gemara quoted about Shimon ben Shattah. It's not as if this was never happening, but yes, you are correct. This was not something which was regular to the extent that we have Mahlokot about Mizyut. We're uncertain exactly what was being done. That's, that's what's taking place throughout here. What's right? I mean, as an outsider, it's a shocking, uh, it's a shocking phenomenon. If you have the Mishnah that you like quoting from Masechet Makot, that the greatest Beitin was the Beitin who uh, made certain that over the course of many years they didn't put to death. So then it makes a lot of sense that even if they were in operation during that time period, it just wasn't being done. Amrulo say the Hachamim That's your better quote unquote looking and feeling death penalty. And mita menuvelet mizo. There's nothing worse than that one. I mean, that just sounds terrible. First and foremost, he looks like an animal. But secondly, that's not necessarily, says Yadrama, what we call nivul. That might be what we call bizayon, different words describing different realities. And second of all, the instrument with which you're cutting, if it's not the sharp knife, which is, so to speak, on one slice going to take it, it's rather a cleaver, which is a bit more wide, it's going to have a little bit more... Uh, the side casualties, in other words, there's going to be blood and there's going to be damage to the person beyond just taking his life. Say the hachamim terbiuda, it can't be your way, it must be our way. Says the Gemara Tanya, a beraita, elucidating, elaborating on these two opinions. Amar lahen rebiuda, lahachamim rebiuda, defending and explaining his opinion. Keep in mind, he says you put the person down on the seden, on that chopping block of sorts, you use the kopits in order to cut their head from the back. Or, the truth is, I know that the way in which I described, I suggested that Hedeg Saif was to be done, it, it is Minuval. It's, it's a shameful, disgusting way. But what can I do? Because I can't accept your approach. As we explained in the Mishnah, first and foremost, the way we envisioned what he's saying to the rabbis is, uh, he's standing up and the head is falling off. Now, once they responded to him and yours is much better, he says, but hey, mine is much better. You're right, mine might also look terrible, but there's something about mine that makes it better than yours. Again, yours is with the knife, mine is with the kopits from behind. Yours, the Torah says you're not supposed to go walk in the ways of the of the surrounding pagan nations. It says, if, and we admitted to it, the way of putting to death of the malchut, of the non-Jews, during our time period, during the time period beforehand, was through standing up, using the knife in order to sever the head off, so then how could we be doing this as well? That's That's a wrong thought. Now there's an important conversation to be had, maybe not at this specific juncture, about when we apply Non-Jews do many of the things that we do. How do we define something as specific and particular to them? Generally speaking, what the Mifarshim mentioned is it's talking about a manner of activity which is either directly associated with Abu Dazara, you have to imagine this is not, or alternatively, <coughs> or alternatively, it's an action which doesn't have an internal rationale. In other words, this could be done differently, and as a result, why are they doing it like this? 
and we're copying it and doing it as well, that's a b'chukotehem lo telechu, which means to say, wearing shoes is not a b'chukotehem lo telechu. If the Avdeh Avdazara wore specific types of shoes for no reason other than, let's say they put three stripes on it, and we start wearing the three stripes, that's a b'chukotehem lo telechu. The understanding in turn, go ahead. You go directly into it, Exactly, says Nathan over here, the Mishnah told us, which they unabashedly said. Right? They, were un- they were unnerved by that. Says That doesn't need to be the manner of death. It's just you're copying their way, and that in his mind has a problem. Say the Chachamim, might be so. However, we have over here, texts in the Torah that we're following. In other words, if it were just that we're mimicking the ways of the non-Jews, of the idolaters, okay, then there's a problem. However, since the Torah talks about mitat we'll talk about where in a second, lo not minayu from them, meaning the non-Jews, we're learning. We didn't learn that. We didn't receive that from the ways of the non-Jews. We, we learned it. We received it from Oraita, from the Torah. Where does the Torah talk about Herev? talks about in the context of Ir Hanidahat. Ir Hanidahat, <coughs> if you recall, that city where the people worshipped Avodah Zarah, the Shalal is gathered, that's the, uh, the possessions, and is burnt. The people are killed lefihariv. They're killed based on sword. Well, the Torah tells you there's a sword death. And it's a sword, it's not a kopit. Says, uh, says, say hachamim back to Rabbi Yehuda. You see, we're not following their ways. If anything, you know, a good Jew would say they're following our ways. But even if it's not that they're following ours, when it comes down to it's not because of them that we're doing this, and as such, it doesn't pose a problem of hokotem lo telechu. Say hachamim, you know something? We have parallels for this elsewhere. If you wouldn't, if you don't say like this, in other words, say the hachamim to be if you don't accept that there's such a principle that if the Torah tells me to do it like this, even though the non-Jews do it as well, that doesn't mark it as inappropriate. What about Hadithanya, a Beraita, which even you agreed to, Rabbi Huda, the Beraita says, Sorfin al Hamelachim, Velo Midarkeha Emori, Hechi Sarfinan, Vakitivu Bechokotem Lotelechu. Say the Chachamim Terbiudah, the Beraita says, anyone who learned Masechet Abu Dazara knows there's a small discussion about this in the first Perek, so says the Gemara, says the Beraita, Sorfin al Hamelachim. We'll, we'll quote a pasuk for this in just a moment. That when Jewish kings die, you take many of their possessions, you take their bed, and you torch them. You light them on fire. The symbolism being, he is irreplaceable. Look at this person. He's lost. His possessions need to be lost with him because there's no one who could fill his bed, no one who could use his chair and his throne in the same way and fashion that he did. But wait a second. That's Darkei That's the way the non-Jews do as well. How is it? What gives us the ability to determine that we? We can do that if it is Darkeha Mori. So again, if you don't accept what we're claiming, that although the death penalty of Herig resembles almost directly the way of the non-Jews, but you have to agree that if the Torah says to do so, if the Torah permits or mandates it, well, that's permitted even if it's the ways of the surrounding nations. After all, what about this Beraita? That's what it means. You're burning the bed and possession of kings, Jewish kings, and you're not doing so in the ways of the Emorim. Emorim, of course, being one of the nations of Eres Israel, the pagan idolaters.
How is it anan means us? How sarif, of course, means to burn. How is it that we would burn? Vahakitif, doesn't the Pasuk say? Rabbi Huda, you're the one who just quoted it to us. Rather, it must be. Since the Torah, now over here won't per se be the Torah, and Hamishachum She Torah, be a Pasuk in Navi, but. We rightfully assume if something's mentioned in the Navi as a command from God, as a statement from God through the prophet, through the Navi, well, it's something <coughs> that's not negating the Torah after all. The Pasuk says in the context of Sidkiyahu. Sidkiyahu was, was a righteous king, and, and he's told by God, Bishalom Tamut. You'll die in peace. And the same way that your forefathers, kings, had those burnings of their possessions, meaning an honorable death, so too will you. Well, there you go. If it's a prophecy which is directly received through the Navi to, to the king, and the message is there's going to be this burning, clearly the burning is okay. How's it okay? It's the ways of the non-Jews. Since the Torah says it, since God spoke it, it permits it even if it's the ways of the non-Jews. We're not learning it from them. And so too over here. Hacha means here. Nameh means as well. Since the Torah speaks about Saif Beoraita. Oraita, of course, referring to the Torah. Since the Torah talks about severing, uh, killing with a sword. It says it again by Eid Hanidahat. We're not learning this, we're not accepting this from the non-Jews, it poses no issue of that's the statement here of the Gemara of the Mahloker Biudan Hachamim, so again it traces us back to the Mishnah, the Mishnah told us there's a Mahloker about what's Menuval we couldn't fully, I read to you I, I referenced Rashi as to why Rabbi Huda says, Hachamim, your death penalty is Menuval and then they respond to him, yours is even worse. And his admission, the Gemara tells us through a Beraita, which is supplementing our Mishnah, and the Beraita tells us, as a Biudah says, listen, I know mine looks worse. I know a cleaver on a cutting block, it doesn't look all that good. I mean, it's kind of disgusting, but I'm telling you what's inspiring me. It's a spiritual disgust. It's the fact that I think you're transgressing. To which the Hachamim respond, absolutely not. That's only if the Torah didn't state it. Over here, the Torah references it. Much like the Serefav Melachim, it's from it. Right, so that, that's what I, I I went out of my way. I'll tell you again. It's it's in the Mishnah. You didn't understand why, which which makes sense. It, the reason the Mishnah is telling you that and the Hachamim are telling you that is not as what we'd call Siba in the Yeshiva world. They like to distinguish between Siba and Siman. Siba means the reason, Sima means it's a symbol. So in other words, I could say about this, why are they referencing it? Is it to tell you that's the reason why we kill like that? That's what Abiyudah thought, and Abiyudah says, terrible. Or it's just a siman, I need to give you a vantage point. You don't know what it looks like. Says, so hey, it's just like that. You know, it's the way we would talk today and say, lehavdil. Right? I'm not telling you it's because of that, I'm telling you, but look at that and understand to hear. It's nothing, that's, that's how you have to understand that. I'm sorry, the Kaparot. Uh, um, yeah, so Hanaruch in the censored edition calls it the Darkeha Emori. Oh, he mentions both Darkeha Emori Vehumin Hag Shetut. Yes, Darkeha Emori is generally speaking is, is the words we use 
for the ways of the idolaters, of the pagan worshippers. I don't know per se that Shulchan Aruch is saying the Imorim specifically. I don't know that the Gemara over here is saying the Imorim specifically. It's so to speak the way you refer to the Avdei Avodah Zarah, the, the idolaters, those who have wrongful practices. But yeah, it's the same words. Uh, again, you know over there, there's the censored version of Shulchan Vadei Yosef. I think, I think when he or his son went to Tunisia, they had access to some early tr- manuscript of Shohan Aruch, and in it, when he refers to Kaparot, it doesn't just say it's Darkei Amuri as we have, and it says, Vehu minhag shetut. It's a silly minhag as well, and of course, Hamvadya Yosef writes in his books, in Chazon Vadya, but we do Kaparot. Can you imagine? Shohan Aruch, whom we follow on everything, says it's a way of idolaters, and it's minhag shetut, says Hamvadya Yosef, but that's what we do. You know, it comes to tell you something about the power of minhag, and and practice and community and, and nation over time. Anyway, says the Gemara onward, and now I just want to understand, now that I'm gathering myself on this issue of a mahlukar biudan hachamim, on an understanding of how herig works, what about what it says in the next next perik? The next perik says, tells me who gets this death penalty of beheading. Again, we learned in this mishnah, in our perik, how it was done, in the next parak, it'll teach who gets it, who gets, I mean, of course, all issues that need to be addressed. Over there it says, It says a person who's a murderer gets mitat herig, beheading, punishment, and anche irhanidachat. Anche irhanidachat, I already told you, it's an explicit pasuk. It says, Gemara bishlama, milashon shalem, milashon shalom. It's understood, irhanidachat, why those who are worshippers in a city at large get put to death in such a fashion. Ketiv behu, it says explicitly by them in the Torah, lefi harev, you put them to death by sword. By sword means mitatherik. Ela roseach minnalan. But Roseach, Minalan, is really a compound word. Mina, from where? Lan, to us. How do we know that Roseach, a person who's a murderer, gets put to death by Herik? Does the Torah ever say that? And the answer is it never explicitly says so. We derive it. Detanya, we derive it from, as the Beraita tells us, a Pasuk. The Pasuk is in Parashat Mishpatim just recently. Pasuk reads in its entirety, if a person strikes his Evid Kena'ani or his Shivcha Kena'anit, which means a non Jewish slave or maidservant, Umet Tahatyado, and by striking them they die, Nakom Yinakim, we take revenge. We ransom the death of that Evid Kena'ani, of that slave whom you killed. All right, so that's the Darash, that's the Pasuk. Nakom Yinakim. What does that mean? Again, it's a, it's, a, it's a murder. It's a person who struck his slave and in turn kills him. The derashah goes like this. Nikimazo, what sort of revenge am I dealing with? En yodeyamahu. What sort of revenge are you referring to? The pasuk says, take revenge. Take revenge, like bludgeon him however you like. Keshu omer, when the pasuk alternatively says later in Sefer Vayikra. This is in the context of the kilalot. As God is telling us, if you do wrong, here's the types of things I'm going to do to you. The pasuk says, veheveti alechem. I'm going to bring upon you herev. No kemet nekamberit. Pasuk says, I'm going to bring upon you, says God, when you do wrong, herev, sword, which is no kemet, which brings revenge. Well, we link up the word nakom yinakim, revenge, to the revenge that God refers to over there. God told us over there, it's with a sword. We understand over here as well, heve omer nekimah I understand then from a veritable kezerah shava or a derashah of the hachamim and linking up that word to define what it means that nikima in this context much as over there is a reference to mitat herev. Says the Gemara ve'emah. So wait a second. So I understand how you 
tell me you have to kill with a sword, who told you you just kill with the sword from the neck in the way that you just described to me? When it comes down to it, front of the neck, back of the neck, herev or kopit, either way you slice it, you told me that you, all I know is it's a sword. Pasuk says herev. I don't know about you, but when I, well, maybe I don't think about it all that much, but if I think about a sword, I don't think about beheading. I think about stabbing with a sword. When you think about, I don't know, fights of the medieval uh, knights, uh, they're going at each other. Pinehas is take, well, it's not a sword, but same idea. You're, you're stabbing. Who said that? The stab, that the, the, the fashion over here is a severing of the head. Maybe it's a stabbing. Maybe it's a stabbing in the, in the stomach, in the heart, in the head, whatever it is. Says the Fiharev Ketib. Says the says the Gemara. No, but the pasuk says Lefiharev in the context of Eid Hanidahat, and the understanding is Lefi. Fi is a reference in the eyes of the rabbis over here to the mouth, the mouth of the sword. Uh, sword doesn't have a mouth, doesn't have nose, eyes, or ears. What's the mouth? Says Rashi. The pasuk says in Tehillim, Herev Pipiot Beadam. A Herev has Pipiot has two mouths. Well, if I'm talking about stabbing from the front, well, then that can't be the mouth because there's only one top of it. When you stab, you take the pointy part of the top. The fact that the pasuk references two sides, or two mouths, rather, makes me understand that the mouth is what's the side. A sword, of course, is double ed- two sides of, of, uh, of, of sharpness, and as a result, the understanding then is the mouth of the sword we're going to envision as the side, which makes sense as well. And as you can imagine, the top, as if you were to refer to it, given if you were to anthropo- if, if you're going to personify it, given a, a, a personality, so you say that's the head. The side is where it eats, and that's, that's the peak. As a result, says the Gemara, it's not through stabbing, it's through the piharev. Piharev is the side of it. David le gistara, perhaps, some Persian word, you did gistara, explains Rashi, it's you slice the entire body down the middle. Now, if you slice the entire body down the middle in such a fashion, what you're doing effectively is using the piharev, you're not stabbing. But you're not just severing the head, you're just slicing straight there, straight down the middle. Amar of Nahman, Amar Babaravua, Amar Kirave, Haftale Reacha, Kamocha, Berol, Lo, Mitayafa. Says Gemara, we have our derasha. Didn't we remind you? Didn't we tell you about this more than once already? The mitah that we're trying to affect, if you have two options and you're uncertain which one and they're both viable, is the less gory, the less painful, the less disgusting one. This is it. It's when you sever the head as opposed to when you slice the body. Says the Gemara, Ashkehan de Katal Abda. We've now found a source from Nakom Yinakim that when you strike and kill a slave, you get put to death with Herev, with Saif. What about a Barhorin? What about if you kill a free person? All the Pasuk told me was a slave. What about a free person? Maybe a free person gets a different punishment. Again, the Pasuk we were working with is Pasuk in Parashat Mishpatim in Shemot Perek Kafalif. Nakom Yinakim, it's talking about if you strike your slave. How do you know Barhorin? How do you know if, I, if a person just strikes a, a non-slave? Velav kalvahomeru says the Gemara. Shouldn't this be a logical deduction? Katal abda besaif. If you struck your slave, you get killed with saif. Barhorin behenet. Do you mean to tell me that the free person that you killed is going to be with strangulation, which is lower on our list? Sekila serifa herig and only then henek. Why would it be henek? Maybe it would be serifa. Maybe it would be sekila. 
The Gemara's assumption is based on what it tells us later on in the Amud. Rashi already references it over here. And that is the Gemara has the Derasha that in general, if the Torah just tells you you get put to death and gives you no clues as to what type of death, the answer is strangulation. That's always the punishment. For one of two reasons, the Gemara will make clear at the bottom of the Amud. Which means to say, over here, the Torah never tells me what type of death. It just says, nakim. I have a choice. It's either Saif or it's Hanik. Well, why would it be Saif? Because it's like the Ayavid. Why would it be Hanik? Because it's the general death penalty when the Torah doesn't tell me which way. Well, I know if you kill a slave, you get put to death with Saif. You're telling me if you killed a, a free person, it's going to be the lower one, it's going to be Hanik. It can't be, says the Gemara, but you forgot our first Mishnah. Our first Mishnah, at the very beginning of the Perek, told us that Rabbi Yudha disagrees. Although we sing and chant, Sekila, Serefa, Herik, Vahenik, and Rabbi Yudha's Beit Midrash, excuse me, Rabbi Shimon's Beit Midrash, Rabbi Shimon, they sang it differently. And their last two, instead of Herik Vahenik, were Henik Vahenik. It throws off the beat, the meter a little bit, but that's the way they used to do it. That being the case, the answer should be over here. If the slave is being put to death with Saif, maybe we put to death the free person with the higher level punishment. And for him, that's Henik Haniha. This is all understood and accepted. Noah, it's not pleasant per se, but it's understood. If you're to tell me that Hanek strangulation is the lower level punishment, so now you told me a slave being struck and killed gets put to death with Saif, so certainly a free person. But what about according to the Bishimon at the beginning of our Perek, who says, How would you explain how you know that a murderer, as the Mishnah will tell us later on, gets put to death with Saif? You're right. Okay, so we learned that Rabbi Shimon would derive that from a beraita, which in turn derives it from a different pasuk. Pasuk says in the context of if you call it circumstance where a corpse is found outside of the city. It's uncertain how that person got killed. There's a whole process and procedure which is put into motion in which the ha'ir, the kohanim are all involved and the culminating moment they kill a igla, a calf. And as they do so, or right after they do so, they have a, or right before they do so, they have a specific statement. You should wipe out all the innocent blood from our, from your midst. That's the statement. Is a pasuk that you have over here, which is a general statement. Wipe out all the wrongdoing. Wipe out all the murder. You have it earlier in Sefer Vayikra as well, in just the context of make certain that if there's a murderer, you're handling him. The point is that in general, when we talk about wiping out the blood, we're referring to getting rid of murderers. Well, how was an igla arufa killed? How did you kill that calf in that circumstance? The answer is, you killed it with a knife on the neck. Well, that being the case, says the Gemara, it would therefore appear to us, a type of knife, it therefore appear to us that, says Rabbi Shimon, that when I'm dealing with a murderer as well, where I'm trying to wipe out the spilling of innocent blood, I'm killing that person who killed... Again, although the Beraita doesn't speak it out, nor does even Rashi speak it out, it, it has two, two, two answers, Ladavar, and that's what I was, I, was, I was 
throwing in there. Either it's just a general statement. As a general statement, so hukash, it just means we're including it all over here. We're loosely using that word. You have that in one or two places where the hachamim talk, use that word hukash. Alternatively, there's two perakim earlier, and it's less of a hekesh, it's more of a similar wording. You have the, 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 to be in the context of mitah. Has to be something along those lines. It's, it's loosely using the word hekesh, because it's not that there are two matters written next to each other. It reminds me, another loose, uh, loose usage of the word is shamor v'zachor. The Gemara always says it's hukash shamor to zachor. They weren't hukash, once in parashat Yitro, once in parashat Vayet Hanan. We use that word, we say they're linked up. So anyways, that's the Gemara. So Gemara, but wait a second. Just just wait one second. I need to understand because perhaps Egla Arufa proves the point of Rabbi Yudah against Hachamim. Egla Arufa, the way it was done, the Gemara Masechet Sotah derives how we know this, but the way it was done was from the back of the neck and it was done with a cleaver. Well, that would disprove the Hachamim. Hachamim and Amishnah told us it's done from the front of the neck with a knife. So if you're really using that as your proof text, the Eglat Uva, so it should be the same identical punishment over here. What's, uh, you know, it. Amar of Nahman, Amar of Babarabua, Amar Kerave, Aftalereacha Kamocha, Beror Lo, Mitayafa, you want to get the most, uh, the most uh, appropriate, the least gory and least painful and disgusting type of death. So if you have two options, uncertain which way to go, we go with the easier and nicer one, quote unquote. In short, what we see in this Gemara, before we go on to the next Mishnah, we had a Mishnah, the Mishnah told us, Mitzvah Taneheragin, the proper way in which they would put to death people who were Hayav Mitatzai. We dealt with the two opinions mentioned in the Mishnah, that of Rabbi Yudha and that of Hachamim, and we understood along the way one or two extra halachot with regards to mitat zayif. We understood the two mentions in the Mishnah from later on of who gets to put to death with herik, those were irhanidahat individuals, and eiroseach, and we understood as well something that will now come into play in the next Gemara, that the general standard punishment in the Torah, when Torah says just put to death, and it doesn't tell you how, it's a reference to that kind of made its way into our Gemara over here. So, go ahead. Are there any considerations taken to the condition of the body after these four capital punishments? For example, like today was so respectful of the body and how it goes in and how hair was that considered back then? And are these four different methods taken into consideration? Well, again, obviously most of them destroyed the body. Well, the, the general picture is that the body isn't too much destroyed. Over here, the head is destroyed, and the head is severed. The burning was internal, and the vision of the hachamim is it actually stayed internal, and, and they were careful with the neck to the extent they didn't want it to get. The, uh, the strangulation, certainly, no, you'll see in just a second, they, their vision was that was the most the most uh, pristine. In other words, in their mind, the least severe in terms of a physical um, beheading, the head is gone. Now, the, what the Mishnah made clear earlier is you're not going to do a behead, beheading that's per se, but is uh, after Sekila, for example, the Torah makes clear there's supposed to be hanging, a public hanging for people to see it. You're, you're not allowed to do so beyond night. You have to take the body off of the tree that it was hanging on, which was that point, and then bury it. And it's from there, by the way, that we derive these halachot of honor for the death. Ironically, we learn it from those who were put to death. So the answer is certainly, it's ironically, the Gemara made this clear, it's from here that we derive the halachot of kabot of after death. So they were very careful about that after, afterwards. You're right, this one is the hardest just to wrap your head around because the head is detached, at least it's the way it certainly fully sounds. Detached, fully detached. You're saying we're just, uh, we're just doing grov simanim. Yeah. 
I, you know, the only reason I could tell you is that that's right. That's right. Well, again, the Gemara didn't say it. Rashi spoke that out on the Mishnah when he talked about it being menuval. He says, "That's how I understood it." It's definitely the way many of the. It's, it's right. The, the way the way, as I recall, several Mufashim speak is the head falls one way and the body falls another way. You're right. It's never explicit in the Gemara. Uh, Right, understood, understood. So what, what Morris is pointing out is the hachamim throughout are carefully and sensitively addressing each of these mitot and while so doing, for example, repeating to us beror lo mitayafa, while so doing, minimizing in X, Y, and Z, ultimately speaking, bringing us to a state, ironically, from the context of putting to death to kavod hachayim. Uh, yeah, you, you are correct. I mean, we'll, we'll continue to see that sort of reference. It's an important vantage point to have throughout the vision of the hachamim throughout. They understand there is death penalty. They're more and more minimizing with regards to their understanding of the Torah how and where this should be going. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Says the Mishnah, let's just quickly read this Mishnah. Misvat Hanechenakim. A person who got chenik. Again, as I told you, that's the standard death penalty. We'll talk about it a little bit more in depth later on. Hayu oto They'd initially ad arkuvotav. They put the person into ad arkuvotav. How do they translate arkuvotav? Knees or waist? Knees. Knees. Okay, good. Because I, I saw recently, it, it seems it seems from the bottom of the page here in my Gemara, Birkav, I think, refers to waist. I thought it meant knees as well. Okay, anyway, until his knees. What's Zevil? I translated it last time as as garbage. Uh, but uh, Morris told me the art school translates it as manure. We looked it up on Safari, it said dung. Okay, regardless, it was in dirty things. Why would you... What? Listen, there is a certain disgrace over here. You need to get him stuck in something. You're right, garbage was a little bit better, wasn't it? Anyway, you needed to get him stuck in something. You don't want him moving around all that much. So maybe as a deterrent to move from moving around and messing up our operations, our procedure, we got him in something he doesn't want to move around in. You might recall these words directly and, 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 and in the same way in two Mishnayot ago. Two Mishnayot ago, when we were talking about Serefa, this was the description. There was the hard um, scarf, which was placed inside of the soft scarf. It was tied around the neck. One Ed held it on one witness on one side, the other on the other side, and then they would pull by Serefa. Why the hard inside of the the soft, the idea was you didn't want to ruin, you didn't want blood coming out of his neck. So if you had the coarse one directly on his neck, that would uh, that would defy our purpose, defeat our purposes. Our purpose over here is in serifat to get his mouth open and in strangulation, henek to strangulate him. It's not to cause bleeding and to be minavelet savaro to ruin his, his neck before or while so doing. That's the reason you do it in such a fashion. By serifat if you recall, we said you had to have a, a, preci- a precise way of doing this so that you don't bring it to strangulation because technically speaking all you wanted was his mouth open so you could drop in the wick and burn him to death. Over here, however, you continued going and when you got to the point that he stops breathing and his eyes, whatever, I guess his eyes glaze over and his heart stops beating, that's when you stop. But that was Misvat Hanakin, again, very similar to the beginning of Serifah but taking it all the way till death. Baruch Amen Amen.